Well, good morning. Whether you're joining us uh, online, whether you're on the floor, whether you're up in the balcony, uh, good morning. It's good to be together. It's good for me to be back. I want to give you a couple quick updates uh, before we dive into the Word. Uh, first of all, if you'll allow me to share uh, something uh, personally. So two weeks ago last Saturday, uh, as I was preparing <coughs> preparing to preach on um, rejoicing in the midst of suffering, <laughs> I had a uh, pretty significant stomach pain Saturday night, which resulted in a uh, trip to the emergency room, which turned out to be a small bowel obstruction, which led to an NG tube down the nose into the stomach. I will not draw you a picture on the whiteboard <coughs> this morning, but uh, uh, my wife Kim and, and kids had to, had to see some really hard things that they can't unsee and took me to uh, uh, the ER and thankfully did not have to have surgery. It resolved itself uh, <coughs> with the tube and some other things, but uh, let me just say there were about 36 hours there that were as rough as anything I've been through. And the, the obstruction was at a place where 15 years ago I had had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and they had taken out two feet of my small intestines and where they had joined those back together, that's where the obstruction was. But uh, I'm just gonna say this, I'm gonna be real for, for a second here. Uh, I was in a pretty dark place and I was in a, a place of some real pain and suffering and aloneness in the middle of the night. And some of you know that pain, whether you've suffered it yourself or whether you've um, suffered it with someone. And I'd like to say I just felt this overwhelming peace and joy of God just fill my spirit. I didn't in the moment. I did not feel that in the moment. But here's what I want you to know today. Your prayers in that moment the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment, even though I didn't feel it at the time, was present. As I was singing that last song, Resurrecting, it was almost like a retroactive joy and peace flooded my spirit. So I want to say thank you for your prayers. Uh, I want to say thank you to our, our staff. Kim called Brad and said, uh, hey, guess what? He ain't preaching tomorrow, so <laughs> figure it out. And uh, Brad and Gary and the team have stepped up and done a wonderful job. So uh, just know that you're blessed to have a great team that can uh, step up in some tough, tough moments. So again, I say thank you, thank you for your prayers. And if you're going through something right now, I don't care what it is, and even if you don't feel it, even if you don't feel God's presence, his presence is there. And you don't have to do it alone because you've got brothers and sisters who will go to the wall in prayer for you. That's what it's about when we think about being part of a church and part of the body of Christ. I want to give you another update. So, uh, what, a year ago, <laughs> something called the pandemic hit. And I believe that's when we started uh, some online services and what a long, strange trip it's been in the last year. So I wanted to give you just a quick update as we've looked at things and we continue. Just, just know this, we are 
uh, as elders, as leaders, we are evaluating our protocols all the time. We realize we're in a dynamic, fluid situation where things could change quickly, but we've tried to establish some principles, and we've said, hey, uh, first of all, we want to always do what we can to keep a safe environment. Two, we want to be good neighbors. We want to be good ambassadors. We want to be able to love our community, uh, which, which for us is going to mean, you know, following the protocols of, uh, of the government as best we can. And then third, you know, we want to continue to meet as we can and be accessible in, in multiple, uh, multiple environments. So uh, where we are right now, we want to continue to follow those protocols and love our neighbors and all that. And we feel like the best way to do that is to, to kind of stay the course uh, with masks, with distancing, and all that. But here's, here's another thing I want you to hear in all that. We want to love our neighbors. We want to love our community. We got 100,000 folks in our backyard who don't have a church home, and I don't know if they have a relationship with Christ. I don't know what their eternal destination is. I don't know what they fear. So we want to love those folks. We want to be good neighbors. We want to do all that we can uh, to help move this, thing, move this thing forward. But what's really important, too, May this not divide us. May how we respond to the pandemic, protocols, all that, may that not divide us within this church and with other churches who may choose differently. Because we're all on the same team. (laughs) We're all on the same team. So uh, appreciate your patience, appreciate your perseverance, uh, support in all this. And uh, we're in in the book of Romans, which just happens to be about how do we stay unified on the things that are most essential in the gospel. If you want to really understand authority and unity and all that, go to Romans 13 and 14. That's for the Bible geeks out there. You can can jump ahead and look at some of that, but uh, look forward to even talking more about that as we go. But let's, uh, let's pray before we dive in. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. I thank you that uh, we can gather together in this place at this time. And I pray this morning that uh, my words are clear, that they're helpful, and above all, that they bring you glory and honor. ask that you burn off whatever doesn't do those things. Holy Spirit, be our teacher this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, hey, we're in Romans 6, and we're going to talk about sin today. Welcome to church. All right, let's go. I want to dig right into Romans 6, verse 1. And there's a, uh, I'm going to walk you through fairly quickly in the scripture, make a couple comments as we go. There's a a series of questions, there's Paul's response, and then I think there's a clear pathway forward uh, for us. So I'm just going to take you right to Romans 6. If you're newer with us, we've been in the book of Romans. Why Romans? Romans has got one of the clearest explanations of the essentials of the gospel. The good news that Jesus defeated sin and death and rescues all who believe in him. So it has the essentials of what we believe and all these things. It's written in the context of Jewish Christians, Gentile Christians who disagreed about a lot of things, and Paul is trying to bring unity for this group. 
And in a time right now of so much chaos and confusion and conflict, we need the gospel. We need the essentials. But here's what we also need today, in addition to all that, how do you actually live day by day, moment by moment, whether you're up high or you're down low, whether you're rejoicing or whether you're like in Romans 8, you're just, you've just got these groans where you're trying to pray and you don't even know what to pray. Wherever you are, how do you live your life in light of the gospel? So the first five chapters of Romans has kind of been an outlining of the theology. Now we're going to meddle. We're going to get real personal. Are you ready? Let's go. Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Now you may hear that and you may say, what a crazy question. How could somebody even ask that question? Well, at the end of chapter 5, Pastor Gary did a beautiful job walking us through that last week, but uh, 520, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what's the deal? Why ask that question? And whenever you see questions, I like to understand, what's the question underneath the question? What's the problem underneath the problem? Why would somebody ask a question? So you've got a, you have a Gentile Greek audience who, as they think about sin, they think about the body, they think about all these things. There's a separation between what you think, your ideals, okay, there's some philosophy from Plato, if you want to get into all that. But, but the body was kind of corrupt and evil. Your thinking, your ideals was what matters. So you could do whatever you please with your body. That was the philosophy. That's what the Greeks are coming into. So do whatever you want with your body. Sleep with whomever you want to sleep. It doesn't matter as long as you've got these ideals. Those are the Greeks. And you've got the Jewish Christians who come from a background of, okay, I have to follow these laws, these rituals, all these things. If I follow them, then I'm accepted. If I don't, then I'm out and all these things. So Paul's working with them on grace. So we have kind of this antinomial, anti-law on the one hand. You have this kind of legalism, moralism on the other. How does Paul bring them all together? So here's the question. What shall then, so we say then, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? So if I'm even asking the question, I don't understand the gospel, is what Paul's going to say. By no means. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? How can we who died to sin still live in it. If you really believe these things, if all these things we've been talking about the last 10 weeks are true, how can we still live in it? We all have alignment problems. <laughs> There's what I believe, or what I think I believe, what I actually believe, and how I actually live. 
We see alignment gaps, we see disconnections, we can see that at a national level, political level, religious leader level, it doesn't matter, we have these gaps in alignment. I can look in the mirror and say, I have a gap. I have some alignment gaps. I would ask you this morning, what's the gap? Where are you off between what you believe and how you actually live? Paul's going to help us with that. Verse 3, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now he's going to get personal. Don't you know that? Don't you know that when you were baptized, again, it's not your baptism, the act itself, the water itself, that's magic that saves you, but water baptism points to a spiritual reality that we're going to get into. But what Paul is doing, Paul is making a movement that says this isn't just abstract, You can have buttoned-up perfect theology, but if it doesn't apply, it doesn't really matter. It's part of what Paul's leaning into here. Now, so he's asking these questions, and he's going to give us his response. Verse 4, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We too might walk in newness of life. That's a glorious opportunity we're going to explore. What does it look like to walk in newness of life? That's the opportunity. Let's continue. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So we are to identify with Christ. As followers of Christ, as believers, we are in Christ. Just as we identify with him in his death, we can also identify with him in his resurrection. Now let's continue. This is where he's going to give us some specific instructions. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You must consider, you must think, you must count, you must reckon, you must understand this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, your right now body, do you feel the mortality of your body today? I know I do. <laughs> Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. 
There's a battle at the heart desire level. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. Now, let me break this down for you. Here's the passage. What does this look like for you? What does this look for you right right now? How do you battle sin? How do you apply these truths of the gospel to your life today? I want to give you a map of this. I want to give you a mental map. This is not your brain. This is a circle. All right, I want you to think about this for a minute. Okay, I want to, get, I want to introduce a concept to you that theologians use when they talk about the gospel, and they talk about how it applies to us. There's something called the already and the not yet. I like these terms. They're simple. (laughs) The already. What does the already mean? The already means there was a moment in the past when Jesus died and rose. Are you with me on that? Does this matter? Absolutely. If this isn't true, go home, go back to sleep. You're here, so wake up. (laughs) Listen. There is a moment in the past when Jesus died and rose. Not figuratively, not metaphorically, but in reality. This is an event in history. Now, there is also a moment in time when you put your trust in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's a point in time when you said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When you said, Jesus, I don't have this, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you. That's in the past. Are you with me on this? Okay. If, if you've done that, this is all true. If you haven't done that, None of these things I'm talking about are true for you. Okay? Let me just be blunt on this. Okay? If you haven't done that, if those you love haven't done that, this stuff I'm talking about is not going to be true. Does this stuff matter? Absolutely it matters. All right. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to hurry. All right. So there's a moment in the past when you put your faith and trust in Christ. What happens? Well, Paul here, he's going to say you were baptized into Christ. 
Now, again, it's not the act of baptism itself that saves you. It's the spiritual reality that baptism points to. Now, let me give you five quick things that happen. All right, what we've been talking about. Okay, so uh, when this happened, you were made right. You were justified. Does theology matter? Yes. How many of you have jobs where you have to know specific things? Anybody in sales where you have to know your product? Are you any good in sales if you don't know your product? You're lousy. Okay? We got to understand this stuff. So I'm made right with God. I, I am justified. I have been set free. Jesus paid my debt on the cross. I have been redeemed. God's wrath has been removed. Big word starts with a P, propitiation. Okay, my relationship with God has been restored. I've been reconciled. Now, my personal favorite, I can't wait till we get to Romans 8. I have become a child of God. I have been adopted. Okay, now look at that. Look at that list. When I put my faith and trust in Christ, at that moment, all these things happen. All these things happen. Can I get an amen on that? That's a good thing, right? If I haven't put my faith and trust in Christ, None of these things are true for me. Now, this is the already. Now, we have the not yet. Okay, there's a moment in the past. There's a moment in the future when Jesus will return. Anybody know when that is? No, nobody knows. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. But we do know this, Satan will be defeated. We know we'll have a new heaven and earth. We know that there will be no more sin, death, suffering. Anybody looking forward to that day? I got a father-in-law who I love dearly. Suffering from Parkinson's right now. Really hard to see that suffering. I can't wait for this day. I can't wait for this day. Now, there's also a moment when you will rise. Because Jesus rose here already. There will be a not yet moment when you too will rise. Your body will be restored. Your broken down body will become whole. You're not just a spirit in the sky. You're not just floating on the clouds playing a harp. 
you will rise. You will have meaningful work to do. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. You will rise. Now, there's the already and the not yet. These are glorious things to be true. Where do we live right now as followers of Christ? Well, the already's already happened. The not yet is in the future. What do we have? We have the right now. We have the present. What does the right now look like for you? Well, the right now is a battle. What I'm talking about right now is our daily right now experience. Right now we have a battle. All these things are true. All these things will come to fruition. But right now, I'm in a battle with sin. Right now, you're in a battle with sin. Right now, we are in a battle with sin. Now, We've been set free, (laughs) we have the not yet, but we still battle. Romans 6 through 8 is about this battle, but we battle sin, we suffer, we feel separation. Can your suffering sometimes lead to sin? Ooh, think about that for a minute. Just think for a minute. Give the Spirit a minute. You know, how, what does this battle look like for you right now? Well, Paul's going to give us three things to do. He's going to say, one, walk in the newness of life. He doesn't say run. <laughs> he says walk. Take a step. Take a step. He says, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. To consider is to think, to weigh, to count, to reckon. It's to go back to all these things, to consider these things. And it's to present your whole self to God. Now, how do we do these things? How do we do these things? Now, here's the great truth. We have the Holy Spirit is present. What does the Holy Spirit do? I want you to think. I want you to pause. Sometimes if you're in a sin pattern and I just say stop it, does that work? I wish it did, but it doesn't. It might work temporarily, but we have the Spirit who will help us in our walk, who will work on us from the inside out. When I consider, I think 
I am reminded that these things are true. And I count that. I stack it up. When you're in temptation, I don't know what that temptation is for you. I don't know what it is for you. If it's something you're clicking on, if it's something you're sending, it's something you're saying, something you're not saying. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. When we don't measure up to that, we are sinning. I don't know what that looks like for you. But there's a root desire that's the same for each one of us. So I look back and I remember what God has done for me. When I really understand it, when I know the depth of what God has done for me on the cross, what is my attitude? Thank you. It's gratitude. When I can remember that, I can go back to that, I can consider that. When Jesus died on the cross and said it was finished, what does it was finished mean? It was finished. Past, present, future. I don't have to live in that anymore. So I consider that. I weigh that. And then I present my whole self to God. Now, some of us today, let's just be real for a second. This whole picture may not make sense. Because you haven't done this. Now think about what that looks like for a second. If I haven't put my faith and my trust in Christ, what does my not yet look like? I'm separated from God forever. What does my right now look like? I'm on my own. I am on my own. So I would implore you today, if this is you, let's talk. Let's pray together. Those of us who have done these things, we've put our faith and trust in Christ. We're in the battle right now. How do I walk in the newness of life? How do I consider? How do I I let the Spirit remind me who I am? We get to Romans 8, he's going to say, his spirit testifies with my spirit that I am a child of God. I don't have to go it alone. So my friends, today, wherever you are in this battle, pause. Pause. To present yourself to God is to be open-handed and to be ready to Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you, Father, for the glorious promise of what is to come. We thank you for what you have already done, and we thank you that you are with us right now. So may your spirit, as only your spirit can, work in us and through us today. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen.
Now, Matt and the team are going to come forward and lead us with some songs. But as we do that, I want to invite you to come to our tables and pray. One of the great things about being a part of a church is we can pray together. We can actually pray for one another. Wherever you are in your right now, whether that's something you need help with, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's physical illness you want prayer for. Here's what happened to me last Sunday. I was talking to Tammy, one of our great servants who just helps out with, uh, with the communion each week, and she said, you know what, Jason? I felt led to pray for you last Sunday. I said, Tammy, what time were you praying? She said, I think it was like 6.30, 6.38. I said, you know what? At that time, I was really hurting. And about 6.30, I started to feel better. So thank you for praying. If all this stuff's true, we also believe that prayer works. Prayer works. So as we sing, just know that the tables are open and you can come and pray for anything.